1: Very patriotic day. Very, very American day.
0: Yeah, it's going to be very American because there's going to be a revolution, no matter who wins.
1: <laughs> you got your musket ready?
0: Yeah, I mean, you need. I'm I'm already dumping tea in the neighbor's pool just for the hell of it. <laughs> I know that didn't have anything to do with it, but I just thought that'd be funny. Um, funny as you say that, I'm drinking tea. Oh, okay. Funny you're on the other side of the pond, are you, my friend? Um, so. Jimmy, in that vein, I thought it'd be interesting to start the podcast off with something a little different. And do you think Nick Saban would make a good president of the United States?
1: I know it's the biggest Alabama fan yokel thing to say in the world. But yes, yes, he would. He would. I trust. I saw a tweet recently from an Auburn fan, and it's just a tweet, not at me, it was just a tweet that's out there, and and, and what people were discussing was hell on earth, you know, this is hell on earth. And an Auburn fan tweeted, I'll tell you what hell on earth is, the most competent person in the world is the head coach of the team I hate the most. Oh, that's good. I will never forget reading that, (laughs) because it's such an acknowledgement by an obviously fair-minded aub, and it's fine that they hate hate Alabama. that's a rivalry. That's how that works. But he called Nick the most competent person in the world, and I'm like, man, that really sums up Nick Saban. He's the most competent person in the world. I would trust Nick Saban to be the president of the United States, the CEO of Microsoft, the mayor of my town, the dog catcher, the head coach, the offensive coordinator. The defensive back coach, the athletic director, the president of the university, or the, the 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 you know prime minister of England, I trust Nick Saban to do any job and do it expertly.
0: No, I totally agree. Um, I think some things would get shifted around really quickly. I think some uh, some senators and congressmen who've you know worked their ass grooves into those seats pretty well. Would find out very quickly that um Saban ain't gonna put up with that kind of shit. I right? you're gonna have to you gonna have to do something. You're gonna have to fix the economy, or you're gonna have to find a vaccine for COVID, or you know, at the very least you're gonna have to get the pothole fixed on seventh street. You're gonna have to do something. And Saban's gonna uh make that happen. I mean, I think he'd be a fantastic president. I'm 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 not saying that facetiously. I he's no, no I'm not saying it either, facetiously either. He really would be. Saban is Roughly, I mean, he's a few years younger than both Trump and Biden. And there's, I mean, if you had told me he was 12 years younger, I'd believe it. Or I guess more appropriately, if you had told me those guys are 12 years older, because I think both those guys actually act over 80 versus in their low 70s. Um, So, you know, it just—I think he'd make a great president. I'd—I'd I'd love to see it after he rides off into the sunset with a couple more national championships under his belt. I think Miss Terry in the White House—what a wonderful first lady!
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, as it's funny as this all is, it's not funny to me. Look, look. I mean, there's, there's an obvious similarity. Who is? I, I know we're Alabama fans, so we're biased, but I'm just saying. Who is the more intelligent, competent leader, Nick Saban or Tommy Tuberville? And when everybody's listening to this podcast, Tommy Tuberville is going to be uh, elected to be a member of the United States Senate. If Tommy Tuberville can be a senator, then Nick Saban can be president.
0: No, I totally agree. And the thing about that, Tuberville didn't run on any platform except whenever Trump said something, Tommy Tuberville said it back. He just did the, you know, are you copying me game with, with Trump? And it worked. It's going to work. And look, I'm yep. not trying to make a political statement at all. I just, I'm trying to uh, expound on your point that, you know, I don't think Saban would do that. I think Saban would do what would be best for the country. And because I think that's the way he thinks he's like, What's best for Alabama? Is it best for Alabama to do this? And then you know what's funny? When Saban actually posed the question, "Is this what we want football to be?" When uh, he was talking about the the up tipo offenses, and people responded with, "Yes, this is kind of what we want to see. This is these are why this is why we're watching the game." Saban said, "Okay, I will do that and do it better than you." And that's what we're doing. Um, so I think that's what he would do is say, okay, people, do you do you really want me to to lower everybody's taxes? Yes, I do. Okay, we're gonna do that, but what we're gonna do, we're gonna have to take some money from somewhere else, and Saban would do it, and he'd be sort of a cold, heartless bastard in some ways, but he would get done. And I think people would respect that versus you know, if you listen to any campaign commercial that you I know you've seen a hundred of them, you fielded phone calls from them. They all just are lying to you. They, this Every politician is on a first date with every voter. They're just telling you all the good shit. They're not telling you all the other, you know, the stuff that's in their past or the stuff that the shitty things are going to do in their future. It's all first date lying. Oh yeah, I'll make plenty of money. Oh, I don't. What do you mean I have an ex-wife? No, I don't. I don't care what Facebook said. No, <laughs> you've got a bunch of skeletons in your closet, and um, Nick Saban would clean up everybody's closet, and that's why Nick Saban gets my vote in twenty twenty eight when he retires from Alabama in twenty twenty seven.
1: No, I mean I, he'd make a great president. He'll, he'll never do this, but I, 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 I wish he would. He would fix. He would. Fi- I just have, and, and this is not evidence of that, but even though a lot of people don't like Alabama, a lot of people don't like Nick Saban. I think if you polled football fans from any college in this country and said, we're going to put one person in charge of college football for everyone, who do you want that person to be? Nick Saban would win that overwhelmingly, even if you eliminated votes from Alabama fans. No, I agree. I I, I think fans of USC – Tennessee, Texas, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, they would all say, uh, let's put Nick Saban in charge. Because they, they, know, they know he's competent. They know he's smart. They know he knows more than everybody else. They might not like him, but they respect him.
0: Jimmy, one thing everybody's going to need after this election day is a cold Coors Light everybody's got that right jimmy you stood in line for like an hour and a half everybody stood in line for like an hour and a half today i didn't because i'm in LA city and so it was really kind of in you out bada bing bada boom but um you know what i still wanted a coors light afterwards and no matter who wins whether you're going to be doing it in a celebratory matter or to drown your blues away you're going to want one of those coors lights made in golden colorado Absolutely delicious. Go check out com. And while you're just chilling out on the on the interwebs and you're trying to get away from Fox News and MSNBC, you know, you can go to com. It's made to chill and you need to chill out after this very stressful uh, early week. There's no doubt about it. Go to com and celebrate responsibly. Then, Jimmy, there's also Built Bar. Built Bar, absolutely delicious. Can't say enough good things about them. Go to BuiltBar.com. B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. There you can find all their delicious flavors. They've got 18 total flavors. I've said it a million times. My favorite is the carrot cake. You can't beat it. You can beat an egg. You can beat a bush. You can't beat the carrot cake Built Bar. And um, go there and get you as many as you want. Use the code On. You'll get 20% off your order. Absolutely delicious. Jimmy and I have both tried them and we love them. We have some more already and just can't get enough of them. They're low uh, in carbohydrates, which is great for a keto diet. They uh, can help you maintain or even lose weight if that's what you're going for. It's not like some of these other health bars that you see in the express aisle in the the grocery store. Those are all loaded with sugar or a bunch of other junk. This isn't that way and it tastes better anyway. So go check out Built builtbar.com, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R dot com. All right, Jimmy. Anything else that you want to wrap up from this past weekend?
1: Ah, uh, from this past weekend, the 41 nothing whitewashing of Mississippi State. Just uh just encouraged by the way the defense is playing. I don't think as a I don't think we ought to say we've turned the corner and we've solved this. I think we're just headed in the right direction. Uh, it was another positive step. I think this bye week is huge for maybe getting a couple more youngsters involved in the defense and the offense that we really need for the stretch drive, just adding some more guys to the rotation. Uh, we talked last week. One thing One thing we're actually smart about, imagine that, we're smart on the show, we said that Mississippi State was an excellent opportunity for Brian Branch to play a lot more because Alabama would be in dime the entire game that's what happened Brian Branch played the entire game he played really well that experience is going to serve him great I think Brian Branch is now officially a part of the defense and 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 probably more than just in the dime package Uh, I'm hoping myself that Tim Smith becomes a guy that plays more snaps every week up front uh, really changes things up front to have a dominant presence and I I think Tim Smith isn't just good I think he can be great and I think he flashed that that potential this weekend so adding more guys to the rotation I'd also look on offense I think this off week is an excellent opportunity to kind of throw Javon Baker out there and I I think Baker is going to play quite a bit down the stretch and kind of be a fourth receiver and uh, I think they'll play a little bit with Slade Bolden you know Slade Bolden's skills as a quarterback is something that, uh, that we just have to feature. It's just a great little wrinkle, um, and, and, and I think we'll see some of that. But I think we turned the corner defensively in terms of like, okay, now we're in the right direction. Have we solved it? Are we the best defense in the league yet? No. But uh, we even said back in September, Luke, that this team was a lot like LSU's team last year. And if we remember 2019 LSU – they weren't so great defensively in September, but they were pretty damn good on defense in November. And I think uh, I think Alabama's on a similar track.
0: Uh, that's a good point. Let me bring up something. Just sort of go off topic because, uh, again, the Mississippi State game left a little bit to be desired. I am looking forward to the John Doe coaches show on YouTube. Do you ever watch that? By the way, I've seen it. It's funny.
1: Um, he does um, a yeah, he, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely entertaining. It's definitely entertaining and, and 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 as well. I mean, it's smart. Those, those uh, it seems to me that those guys know what they're talking about. I, I think they can be overly critical. You know, to me, like like yeah, you know, I was a little tough on that guy. But well, wait a right. minute,
0: Jimmy. Jimmy, you just described our program, except for the entertaining and smart part. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We can be a, we can be overly critical once we get on you know we can we can get on our tangents but but no I do uh, I I have enjoyed their show for sure. Let me say this too um, by
0: the way everybody out there if you were uh, privy to using Apple Podcasts please leave us a review we'd appreciate it a five star review don't leave us a, like a two star review one person did leave us a two star review which kind of drug our average down um, and and said hey they're too critical on on players I'm like look I did. It, it, who, are you one of their moms? I mean, what what did we say there? I don't know that we'd be too critical <clears throat> for too many players. But anyway, um, I want to bring this up. This is this is going off in the left field based on the Mississippi State game. But Greg McElroy came out with some comments about Tua And if Miami were to get the number one pick, you know, because Miami gets Houston's pick too. So Miami could get the number one pick. He says – in terms of Miami drafting Trevor Lawrence if they get that one pick, I can understand why the Dolphins might make that decision. But to me, I would not give up on Tua in favor of Justin Fields. However, I would potentially consider that possibility if, in fact, I was on the clock with Trevor Lawrence still available. You know, <clears throat> number one, I get Trevor Lawrence. I totally get that. Um, I, I love Trevor Lawrence. I think he's a he is a generational talent, there's no doubt. But I'll say this, if the Dolphins were to make that move, unless they got a very high number one pick in return, I I can't imagine something that it just seems like you'll be perpetually in this kind of motion. I think you eventually have to make a commitment to a quarterback. Um, And, you know, I don't mind the Jets giving up on Sam Darnold. He's had a few years, it hadn't worked out. I don't mind uh, the, the Bears giving up on Mitchell Trubisky, same thing. But if the Dolphins were to give up on Tua a year after his hip replacement, um, no, he didn't have the best numbers I've ever seen this past week, but he didn't need them. They still won. And he's just, it was his first start. Give the guy a break. So let's, let's see how he does the rest of the year. But I think that was pretty ballsy of Greg McElroy, um, who seems to go out of his way from time to time to make sure people don't think he's a homer.
1: I think. I'll go I will I think that's just I think that's just dumb I mean it's dumb Team building it, The Dolphins don't need a young quarterback They've got that the, the only reason in the world The Dolphins should do that is one of two reasons Number one They actually believe Tua's hip is a problem That's never going to be rectified And they drafted him and, and after examining for a year They think the hip's screwed Okay then draft Trevor, fine Or They've looked at Tua for a year, and and they don't think he's ever going to be good. We've had him for a year, and we don't think he's ever going to be good. Now, see, I don't think either one of those two things are real. I think Tua's hip is fine, and I think that that the Dolphins are probably just as high on him today as they've ever been. Therefore, them drafting Trevor Lawrence would be just stupid. It it would be the equivalent, Greg, of let's say that Greg Sankey just made a rule that says, okay. Alabama gets first pick. You can you can add anybody you want to your team from uh, any other team in the SEC. Just go grab whoever you want, one pick, and it would be like Alabama going, "Ooh, the best player in the league that doesn't play for us is Derek Stingley at LSU. We'll take him." That's yeah. dumb. That would be a dumb thing to do because we've got Pat Sertan and Josh Job, and they're good. It would be now is Stingley the best player in the league? Probably, but Alabama taking him we just be dumb. We should take, heck, take Richard LeCount from Georgia, you know, a safety. Now, he would make a huge-ass difference at Alabama. Add, a, add the best safety in America to our, to our situation, and you've just radically improved our team. That's why the Dolphins taking Trevor Lawrence would just be dumb. And, by the way, I'm a massive fan of Trevor. He yeah, does need to be the first pick in the draft.
0: No, I agree with you. Um, <clears throat> I just found that, you know, it seems like Greg McElroy – and he is a really smart guy. I mean, he's a Rhodes Scholar. No doubt. But every now and again, he wants to go out of his way to show you how smart he is. And when people do that, sometimes it, they come up with really dumb ideas. And I think this is a dumb idea. When If the Dolphins were to wind up with the number one pick, what on God's green earth would that be worth to the Patriots? Oh, my God. Exactly. what would the, well, not going to do it to the Patriots because they're in the division. But what would that be worth to, say... Oh shoot, maybe Cleveland or um the forty nine. Just
1: move down to three just move down to three or four and take Penay Sewell
0: and, well, and, and, and put him at
1: right tackle and protect Tua for ten years.
0: And see you could get
1: there's no telling what you could get for that pick. It would be
0: maybe one of the biggest hauls in terms of draft it would be Minnesota, Herschel Walker, Dallas type pick stuff. And so that's what I think. That they should do if they end up with that pick,
1: which they probably won't. I don't think it's going to happen. I I think the Jets are going to end up with the first pick because I don't see (laughs) the Jets are really bad. Oh God! (laughs) They haven't won a game, and I mean the Jets are worse than Houston to me. Oh yeah. I I think today, and I kind of track this because I love the draft. Today, I would predict that Texans pick is going to be somewhere around five and not number one because I mean I'm projecting the Texans to win a couple games. I mean they got Deshaun Watson. Uh, They'll win a couple games.
0: what if what if Tua leads the Dolphins to the playoffs? It's not crazy. They're four and three. <laughs> they could win the division. They're one game back in the division. I mean, it's so yeah. It's just such a dumb idea that I can't believe he said it out loud. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: exactly. That's just because we expect more to Greg. And I I don't want Greg to be a homer. I, I'm just different than a lot of fans. I, I don't see why fans get their panties in a wad over who's a homer and who's not a homer or oh, this guy's by I don't care. Just – Give me an opinion, and I, I can decide for myself whether I like the opinion. And, and like you said, I, I think Greg gets too concerned that people view him as a homer. Therefore, his, his quote, trash the Alabama guy comments are just kind of dumb. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but I don't expect Greg to be a homer. I don't want to be. I, I want to hear Greg's real opinion about players and, and, and games and, and what's going on. I want to hear his real opinion. I don't care if it's pro-Alabama or not. Just tell us your real opinion.
0: All right, Jimmy, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll have a couple of more, or one more segment. That's what we'll have, so stay tuned. Okay, Jimmy, um, just bouncing around a little bit here, AL.com came out with uh, who they think Alabama's top five competitors for the national championship are. And, you know, it is kind of funny that it seems like we're down to about six or seven teams for these four spots already, right? Doesn't it seem that way?
1: I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, I think that the consensus that look, three teams are already in Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state. I get it. And I would agree based on the college football I've seen this year, that those are the three best teams. I would just say there's a lot of football left to be played. And, you know, the only thing, the only time we should ever be surprised is we should be surprised when we think we've got it all figured out, because True. we really hardly do. But Based on what I've seen so far, I think Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State have the three best teams, and I'm fascinated as to what will happen with the fourth spot. So I guess what you're saying is, is correct because there's only a few teams right now you'd consider for that fourth spot. I, I think a, a curveball here – look, the Pac-12 isn't playing very many games, period. Oregon might go 7-0 and or 8-0 or however many they're playing. They're not playing very many. The Big 12 got eliminated this past weekend with Oklahoma State's loss. So Big 12 is out. Pac-12 may not ever get in because they're not playing very many games. And if the you eliminate the Big 12 and eliminate the Pac-12, then that opens a door that's rarely open. And, yeah, there could be two SEC teams. There could be two ACC teams if Notre Dame and Clemson split their two games. But I think a door – maybe budged open this year for a group of 5 team and there does happen to be a few intriguing group of 5 teams that aren't just vanilla you know well this year's best group of 5 team is so and so no i think there's a few really good group of 5 teams like BYU Cincinnati uh Boise which gets who's unbeaten and has an opportunity against BYU this friday night but but in particular, BYU and Cincinnati, at this juncture, I wouldn't rule out either team. I, I think they're both really good teams. Look, I, I don't think they're just good for group of five. I think those teams might be what I would call elite. Now, can they beat Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State? Probably not. But if the fourth team is Notre Dame or Georgia, I would give Cincinnati and BYU a decent shot to beat a Notre Dame or Georgia myself, based on what I've seen so far.
0: I agree with that, and I think that's what makes getting that one seed even more crucial than normal, because yep. Yep. here's the thing. The two seed is either going to get Ohio State or Clemson. I mean, that's what it feels yep. like. And so yep. – or Alabama. Um, I guess you don't look at it that way. but I'm looking at this from Alabama's perspective. Mm-hmm. If, yep. if Alabama can get to the one seed, then that means essentially – Ohio State-Clemson for two and three. And the four seed, you don't give a shit. I mean, if it's Cincinnati, okay. If it's BYU, great. If it's Notre Dame, fantastic. If it's Texas A&M, you've already drummed them. Um, it, if it's – I guess it could be Georgia. Um, if every, But I think Georgia's going to lose this weekend, so it's a moot point. And if that's the case, then Alabama's going to play Florida in the SEC title game. Um, and, and theoretically, I suppose, they could both go to the playoffs with one loss. Um, And then they made again. But I I think in the end, um, the the one, two and three are so much better than four through whatever, that that's what makes the one seed so important. And which is why I was bummed out that we didn't get more votes, even though the AP poll doesn't really have much to do with where they rank us. When's the first rankings college football rankings come out? Do you know?
1: Uh, I believe it is either. It, it might be next Tuesday, but I believe it's the Tuesday after that. It might be next Tuesday, but I believe it's the Tuesday after the LSU game.
0: So to, and, and you know what? That's positive for us because that means that's one week where I'm assuming Clemson will have beaten Notre Dame, and that's one week we're removed from that, and Alabama would have gone to LSU and, we hope, uh, beaten LSU. So I think Alabama will have a great shot considering they'll have wins over at that time uh, Georgia, who's either going to be in the top ten or close to it, and Texas A&M, who should should still be in the top ten, and I think that would give Alabama the nod as the one seed over Clemson. Now, the other interesting thing to throw a monkey wrench in all of it is Wisconsin has canceled their game against Purdue, which means that's two games down for Wisconsin, and which means they're they're getting close to not being eligible for this the Big Ten championship. Number one and number two. This is going to start having a domino effect in the Big Ten at some point.
1: Yeah, yeah it can't be good for the Big Ten uh, if Wisconsin is is missing multiple games. I, I don't see how that helps Ohio State. I don't see how it helps the league at all. It's an unfortunate situation. Again, the Big Ten put themselves in this position by playing so late. This is their, their decision. But, uh, gosh, uh, it's really kind of screwing up things. For, uh, for the Big Ten. And Ohio State's a good football team. Hey, no, no, no doubt about it. And I, and I think to some extent and they're going to deserve an opportunity to prove they're the best team. But We'll see if they get it.
0: And I do think they're one of the best teams, there's no doubt. But here's the thing. If A&M goes through the rest of the conference without a loss besides Alabama loss early in the season, and Ohio State gets to play some dump truck, in the conference championship game because Wisconsin's not eligible.
1: Um, like Indiana or Northwestern.
0: Or whatever. And and let's say there's another game that's canceled. All of a sudden, if if the Big Ten champ, undefeated or not, has eight wins, but, you know, they, I, I mean, just. Yeah. No good I, wins. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be. The, that's what makes this year intriguing. Every time I think, well, it is just the three amigos when it comes to Bama. Clemson and Ohio state. I think that's what makes this intriguing is the fact that the COVID is still out there. And I mean, who's to say Mac Jones couldn't get it tomorrow. I mean, and have a Trevor Lawrence situation.
1: So. And he could, he could, Uh, you know, this year, more than ever, that committee more than ever, so much of this season is about a subjective eyeball test because, because just evaluating resumes is going to be really hard in a year where there's no non-conference, no common opponents. Uh, everybody's just playing their own little league games. Everybody's playing a different number of games. Comparing resumes is going to be difficult. You're almost going to have to go completely by, almost, not completely, but almost completely by the subjective eyeball test. I've seen these teams, and in my opinion, these are the four best. And you know, I think that helps Alabama to an extent, of course, because – because we've seen Alabama and they look really good. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think it, it's more of a subjective eyeball test this year than any other season.
0: All right, Jimmy, that'll do it for this episode of Locked on Bama. We will be back. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll start giving out predictions. I'll tell you, this Georgia-Florida game is becoming more and more intriguing to me. I can't wait to watch it. Uh, with Georgia having so many injuries. Richard LeCount, who you brought up earlier, was in a, a motorcycle accident unbelievably after the Kentucky game, and thank God he's okay. Um, but he's going to miss a, a little bit of time. And they've got other guys, who Jordan Davis, uh, several guys that are banged up, Monty Rice. We know he's banged up. And meanwhile, Florida's got a few suspensions. Uh, their coach is suspended. He should be, but uh, he's not. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting because I think Florida's going to win this game now, and, man, that all of a sudden it's not going to put heat on Kirby Smart, but I think it's gonna make things begin to get interesting, sort of marked rictish for him.
1: Yeah, oh I agree. Yeah, I, I it's not gonna hot seat Kirby, but it is going to the the questioning will begin and not just at the talk radio level. I mean it's not just the Georgia podcast. Uh it's it it it's basically going to be a uh uh, you know, o- open season on Kirby a little bit. I mean, all the off-season discussion will be: Do we have the right guy? Yep, that's right. All right, buddy. I, roll agree that, well, I agree oh, that fuck. Florida's going to win the game. I agree that Florida's going to win the game. I mean, right now, I'm 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 pretty adamant that Florida wins, and 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 not necessarily because of Georgia's injuries, which certainly is a factor. I'm just saying this. I, I think, based on what I've seen with my own eyeballs, I, I think Florida's just a better team than Georgia this year.
0: Well, not only that. Uh, 1992 Alabama Miami, notwithstanding, good quarterbacks usually beat teams with not so good quarterbacks,
1: right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And 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 Kyle Trask is just better than what Georgia puts on the field. I think we knew that before the year started, but but as we've seen the games, uh, look, I mean, Florida's Florida's likely to score just as many points against Georgia as Alabama did. And I, I don't, I, even though Florida's defense isn't great. I, I, I can't see Georgia scoring in the 30s.
0: I kind of would love to see Obama, Florida, SEC title game this year, too, because Trask and Mac Jones are having sort of similar type years, uh, just, you know, shattering records. And the other thing is, Florida has to play LSU the week before they play an SEC title game. Not that that will be a hugely important game, but, uh, and, and LSU may not have to show up, but I think it would mean that they don't get that week off and we could use it. So. There's that.
1: Yep. Very interesting.
0: Roll Tide, buddy. Roll Tide.